Open my eyes. Illumine me. Spirit. Spirit. Divine. Heavenly Father, as we approach the most holy throne of grace, our hearts are lifted up in love and adoration. Loving you, worshiping you, thanking you for your amazing grace. Father, Paul wrote in the scriptures that our eyes of understanding being opened. Illuminate us, Lord. God, whatever it takes, that you'll open our eyes to see the glory of God pass by our way this morning would mean everything to me. Father, we've gathered to worship you, the true and living God. We're asking, Lord, that you'll touch lives, that you'll speak to our hearts, that you'll move us into heavenly places, that, Father, our lives will never be the same again. We're holding loved ones in our hearts this morning. Would you reach out to them, Lord, in this divine presence? Lord, we send the token after them. We ask, Lord, that you'll make their lives miserable. That, God, you'll turn it upside down. That, Lord, the only position they could look is up to see their Redeemer, their Savior. Lord, do this for our loved ones, we pray. Lord, we commit now this service. Ask that you'd be with our our precious brother, Tim Dodd. Lord, weary in body. Lord, we just pray that you'll be his strength. Whatever has caused the sickness, may it leave him in Jesus' name. Lord, we resist the enemy. Scripture says he must flee. So, Lord, touch your servant and use him in a mighty way, we pray. Father, asking now that you take the service, speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. And greetings. We've had a lot of preliminaries, and I'm sorry for that, but we needed that baby dedication. Amen. He's got strong lungs. That is for sure. Please, with your Bibles, I've got a a number of scriptures that we will cover this morning, but if you take your Bibles, please, I'd like to read Romans, in Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Reading verse 18, Romans chapter 1, verse 18. I'd like to speak a little subject on seeing him who is invisible. Seeing him who is invisible. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. The Bible says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifested in them. God sees everything. It's manifested in them. For God has showed it unto them. Now verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, 
being understood by the things that are made. So seeing the invisible, how are you going to see the invisible? Paul is writing to the Romans and giving us an idea or scriptures that we might understand how do we see this invisible God. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may have your seats. Could you please turn to Hebrews chapter 11? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. Hebrews 11, verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he came to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith, now notice, by faith he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Is that a paradox to the world? (laughs) It's got to be a paradox. Seeing him. How do you see somebody that is invisible? But notice what the scripture says. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Open our eyes that we might see. I had a little note here before I came to the pulpit. And... and there was a similar situation where the prophet had a servant and the Syrian army was encamped around him and he had a problem that morning because he thought he was toast. The host of the Syrian army was encamped around him and then the prophet said to him, Lord, just open his eyes. Brother Bram refers to this in unveiling of God. He said, just open his eyes. And he found out that the hills and the mountains were filled with chariots of fire of angels. And we said, well, that's a story. Well, can I bring you up to date? We're here, Brother Bram said, and the revival's on. The whole building is filled with the angels of God. So maybe you came to church thinking you're sitting in your night... You're sitting in your wrong seats. Everybody's been misplaced this morning. But nevertheless, wherever you are, the angels of God are in attendance. 
But greater than that, the angel of the Lord himself is also in attendance. He said, there are camped about those who love him. Brother Bram said, they're just in another dimension. It's just moving on me. He said, angels are filling this room. We're so earthly bound. But Lord, open our eyes that we might see. We get so focused on what you got to do tomorrow already. And it's Sunday morning and we haven't even started preaching. But you've already got what's on your agenda, what's on your schedule. Let's forget about tomorrow because today could be your last day. Open our eyes, Lord. Open our eyes. Brother Bram said this. He said, now we're in the last hour. We're in the latest in church age. Every messenger has given his age, his message in his age. And we're here now at the end of the age. And we see that God has vindicated it with signs and wonders. And nobody, are you listening? Nobody can say it isn't so. Are you listening? I want the doubter to hear that this morning. Nobody can say it isn't so. Spring up 50 years later, but Brother Brennan was talking in the present. He had critics in the present. And the critics couldn't get him then, and you can't get it now. That's true. He is here now. Well, we said angels are here. If angels are here, angels worship God. So God must be here. (laughs) Isn't that marvelous? So he's here now. He's in the church. Oh, my. You say, well, he's standing just above Brother Richard's head. And we all look towards that. Brother Bram said he's in the church now. And we say, amen, Brother Tom. Now he says, he's in you, the people. Now, come on, saints. That's either true or it's not true. And if it's true and we got God in us, I want to worship. I want to worship Jesus. I want to worship the living God. We are priests and kings. Praising him. Glorifying him. Amen. He's here now. He is in the church now. He is in his people. And nobody can say he isn't. This man had that authority. Brother Todd, he had the authority. So if that man or that prophet or that servant was saying God is here. God is in his people. Then, saints of God, we have to believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We don't serve a dead God. We we serve a present God. Nobody can say it isn't so. We know he is here. Now, if he is here, Nathan, let me ask you a question. If he was here wearing this suit, because you would see him in a robe or sandals, because that's your 2,000-year-ago view. But we had an example of a prophet that actually wore clothes just like we did. 
so let's say Jesus wore clothes like what I am wearing this morning. How would you act? How would you act? I think you'd be beside yourself. I think you, where's your mom and dad? Do you know where your mom and dad are sitting? I think you'd be yelling to mom and dad, get down from up there. He's here. What are you doing up there? He is here. Is that not right? I think we'd probably all be sitting on the pulpit. We wouldn't try to get as far away. We would try and get as close as we can. So Lord, open our eyes that we might see you. So follow along with me, please, as I I go through some scripture. Turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. As I've been speaking, reading, praying, still in Christ the mystery of God revealed, I can see how Brother Branham had Job on the ash heap for a long time. They said, when are you going to get him off? Well, when are you going to get out of Christ the mystery of God revealed? Well, I don't know. I'll let you know when I am, okay? But it seems, saints of God, that the more that you are in the word and the more that you study along certain lines and you find out you've missed so much over the years. I, I want to say that as a, per, a personal. I'm, per, I'm being personal. I'm being personal. I have, I have tried to read and reread every message possible. And in, in my zealousness or zeal, but I, I don't think that I read it like a newspaper because I was taught a long time ago, don't read your Bible or the message like a newspaper. So I've tried to put that into practice in my own life. And it seems like I don't know how this all works. But then again, I do know how it all works. Brother Branham said he can't give you anything more than he's already given. That's what he said. Whole armor of God. In our armament, he can't give us any more than he's already given. He's given us the word. But he says what he does, he just makes it more real. That's a powerful statement. Because maybe as the older you get, the more you see that time is growing short, the more serious you get in your own walk in life. I thought I was serious when I was saved in my early 20s, 2021. I thought I, I was, I thought I was. And then I said, well, how on earth have I missed? I, I even got them underlined and highlighted from years ago. And I'm thinking, why? I'm preaching on it now. I'm preaching on it now. And so, Brother Biscoll has been preaching on that fountain. And I've been taking the quota of the Christ, Christ the mystery God revealed where Brother Branham said he was too mysterious. He wanted to reveal himself to his people. He was too great to ever be revealed. To people because he was just too mysterious. The great being. That was beyond the cycle of hundreds of billions. And billions. And you've heard this. You've heard, I'm sorry. I've repeated this three times. And now it's four. 
trillions and trillions of years of light space and on into infinity, into eternity, the great creature that was all that and still is. And he wanted to be loved. He wanted to do. He loved fatherhood. And the only way he could express it was to become a son of man. And that's the reason Jesus kept saying the son of man. God wanting to reveal himself. Now, I, I just took a 30 seconds to describe that. But in my, my room, I understand, Brother Ed, now, the statement. I feel like a speck of dust when I'm talking about such a a holy God. Omnipotence. Our English language is so inadequate for me to express. We're talking about this God. And I have the privilege of standing here to read his word and talk to his people. Read a message. I feel so more, in, I feel less inadequate today, more inadequate today than ever before. Because he's ever expanding and unknowing and I know nothing. Right. And we get some people that think they know everything. Yeah. And just in that, those, that little paragraph alone, you start to realize, what do I know? What do I know? And the only way we can know him is that he came down as a son of man. He came down. That fountain was formed and fashioned a man that God could dwell in. That to me is amazing. So that's Christ and Mr. God revealed. Here is God is his own interpreter. He says, here we are today is the display of his attributes. We are today is the display of his attributes. We are today the display of his attributes. So now I, I really want to go slow because it's really meaningful to me. If we are an attribute of God, we have come from God, we go back to God, we were ever with God. If we are his attribute. His word was made flesh for the brand men's and the, the word was made flesh and dwelled among us. Now all we are today is the display of his attributes in God. First, he was not even God. He we would just call him the eternal one. He wasn't God because the word English word God means object of worship. And there was nothing to worship him for he was the eternal one. The main fountain of all intelligence. And in this fountain of all intelligence, there was not an atom. There wasn't a molecule, no light, no star, no moon, no nothing else. God, what we know as God, the great spirit, that was eternal Never did begin and never did end. He was there. And in him, in him, 
were attributes. His attributes to be God. His attributes to be Father. His attributes to be Son. His attributes to be Savior. His attributes to be Healer. His attribute to be Deliverer. So if His attribute is God, He's ever a Deliverer. He's ever a Savior. He's ever a Healer. It is Satan that has closed our minds in to limit God. But He is an unlimited God. Can you say amen? That's the God you serve. That's the God that's in you. That's the attributes we're talking about. You're not just somebody that came to church. You were in the thought of God. And in that thought was an attribute. And now you are a manifested thought. Or a manifested attribute. Glory. It raises you from a church goer. It raises you from being just brother so and so and sister so and so. I have come from the thought and the fountain of God. That's where you came from. You never came from the Congo. You never came from England. You never came from Canada. You came from God. Hallelujah. I am not an American. I'm not a South African. I'm sorry. I'm not Indian. I am a citizen of heaven. Open my eyes that I might see this invisible one. Because once you see him, you can endure everything. Glory to Jesus. By faith, Moses endured by seeing him who was invisible. How did he see the invisible one? He became visible to Moses. Because Moses was an attribute of God. Can I give you a quote? All believers see God. Come on, come on. That's unveiling of God as a matter of fact. Just so that I might help you. Who's a believer? Who's a believer? Raise it up. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Then a prophet said, All believers see God. Then if you see God this morning, you can endure all things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. In him is an attribute to be healer. In him was an attribute to be father. In him was an attribute to be a son. In him was an attribute of healer and savior. These things unfold as his attributes are being manifested. Well, I'm looking at, do you know there's an attribute of grace? Do you know there's an attribute of grace? How do you see grace? Look at you. I want you to see grace. That's not a play on words. That is a reality. It is the grace of God that you're sitting here this morning. 
God's attributes are manifested to his bride in this last age. You've been singing it for years. I'm an attribute. You're an attribute being made manifest. What I mean, Brother Bram said, I mean attribute. Attribute of God means thought of God. God thought himself as a father. God thought himself as a savior. God thought himself as a deliverer. Amen. God thought of you. Brother Bram said, for you to even be there, he, you had to be in his thoughts. So all you are a manifested thought attribute of God. I want you to say amen this morning. Why? Because now, if you are a thought and now become a thought, you first have to have a thought before it's word. And then that word spoken has to become expressed. So then if God spoke you, that's why you now understand that Brother Bram said the bride is literally the spoken word of God manifest. Can you say amen? I'm not a church goer. I'm the spoken word of God manifest. Oh, I know it. I don't want to be loud. I just, I just want you somehow. It's been made real for a little bit to me. I hope the Lord makes it just a little bit more real for you. He said, you're a thought expressed. You were in his thinking. Then he said, let there be. And there was, let there be, and there was. Remember, you Christians, you were his thoughts before a world. You were in his thoughts before an atom, a molecule, before light. You were in the thoughts of God with him beyond the eons of time. No other, I, I, no, I don't know why somebody isn't just jumping up and clicking their heels right now. No other generation has known this. No other people on the face of the earth outside of the bride know this. No one was worthy to look on the book or to take the book. But you have been given the book. You look on the book. You eat the book. No other generation but this generation. You are our most privileged people. We're privileged, Randy Stowe, to be in this church. We are privileged to worship him and give him praise. You are privileged. You are privileged. You Christians were in the thoughts of God before there was a world. You're only now. The manifestation, Sister Star, you're a manifestation of his thoughts. <laughs> Take that one, devil. If I then am a manifestation of his thought, no devil can take you. He can't beat you down. He can't make you an unbeliever. Amen. You are always a believer. Because only believers see him. Because I came to church for 30 years. I never saw God. Then why were you so blind for 30 years? You big hypocrite. Give me a hypocrisy of people living here for 30 years. And then going away and said, well, there's nothing to it. You big hypocrite. 
You phony believer, you. Come on, you might as well let it know. I'm not afraid of nobody, saints. All I know, I've been saved. I've been born again. I know where I come from, and I know where I'm going. People sit around, and they got this question and this complaint. Hey, saints, they come, they go. I've seen them over the years. But every believer sees God. I, I, I got on this no good for nothing website. For some reason, I hate getting, I'm sorry, I hate getting a lot of emails, but I, I emails I'm inundated sometimes. And they draw me, so I hit that link and all of a sudden I get drawn to this crazy web page. The insanity of a man that will take the pillar of fire that was over a prophet and then say, oh, that's nothing. And then put the beetles on there and put a pillar of fire over the beetles. That the prophets that were nothing but devils. That man's insane. So now who would you rather have? Beatles or prophet? I'll take prophet. Why? I've come from God. I go to God. They say, oh, I never saw nothing. All I've seen is Jesus. I'm sorry, friends. I never saw Bible Way. I never saw Ed Bisco. I never saw nobody. All I saw was Jesus. Who is Jesus? The Word. Where is the Word in you? I saw the Word in Linda. I saw the Word in Brother Ken. The Word is attracted to the Word. People say, well, you're attracted to a church. I'm attracted to no church. I'm only attracted to one thing. The word of God. Open my eyes to see the invisible. Glory. Blessed are your eyes for they see. Can you say amen? Blessed are my eyes. They heard his voice, but they didn't see the pillar of fire. Only the believers see God. Grandma, I never saw God. Well, you better come next church expecting God. Listen to what the preacher said three services ago. You get what you expect. Come on, prod your children along. Maybe ask them on Monday morning what was preached Sunday morning. Uh huh. Because they'll get caught up in the hustle and bustle of all the school projects. School projects are good and they were good. But I'll tell you something more important called the Word of God. Children says, Amen. More important than any subject on the face of the earth. Now remember, Christians were his thoughts before there was a world. You are the manifestation of his thinking. You are the manifestation. We're working with this. These are deep thoughts, folks. And we are, we're going to rattle more off. But we could stop on each one of those thoughts and just meditate on them. That's why meditation is good. Not Eastern meditation. Meditation on the Word of God. The Christians were His thoughts before there was a world. And you are the manifestation of His thinking. Before there was a world, you were in Christ. Oh, that's, Michael, just imagine this. Before there was light, there was no light, there was no atoms, there was no molecules. And, and, and science is so caught up in the molecular structures of DNA and they look into that and, and they say we came from an amoeba. How insane are people? And they have doctorate degrees of philosophy. 
ridiculous. Then write a book, How We Came From Nothing. Even the title's insane. But they have a doctorate degree of philosophy in the University of Arizona. And he's the most arrogant man I've ever listened to in my life. And argue atheism. But you know what they talk to? They talk to Catholic priests. And Anglican priests. People that don't even know God. They might know about God. But I'd like to see them one time speak to a born again son of God birthed in this word. But saints, there is no virtue in arguing. They have these debates in the University of Oxford with this theologian versus this atheist. It's nonsense. Nobody has learned nothing. But I tell you, get in the presence of that burning bush one moment, one time. Get in the presence of God. It'll change your whole attitude. Amen. Before there was a world, you were in Christ, in God, in the beginning. That makes you then his subjects. The whole thing's God himself. Materializing himself. Making himself tangible. Tangible. So that he could be handled. Seen. And so forth. That's what God is. That's the whole thing. That's the interpretation. Still with me? Second Peter. Did I ask you to turn there already? Man, I'm sorry. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 12. Be skipping through it. I'm Second Peter 1, right? Second Peter 1, verse 12. Wherefore, I will not. Paul's now writing. Paul writing. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance. So can I, can I take that scripture? And I also will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance. Of these things. Though you know them. But can you've heard these all the time. It's a long time. Though you know them. And be established in the present truth. Verse 16. For we follow. For we have not followed. Cunningly devised fables. Can you say amen? We have not followed. Cunningly Devised fables. You know what a cunningly devised fable is? I'll nail it. Believe the sign. It's a lie in its own statement. In its own statement, it's a lie. And they'll be damned by it. They don't believe no sign. But you know, saints, I don't put my trust in the sign. A sign is only to point you to a destination. So they never saw it in the first place. And they're making it known now. They still don't see it. For we have not followed cuttingly devised fables. When, when we made known unto you the power 
and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But were I witnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. Verse 17. When there came such a voice to him. From that excellent glory. This is my beloved son. In whom I'm well pleased. Here. Yea. Him. Amen. And this voice. Which came from heaven. We heard. I'm, I'm setting you up. We're not listening to William Branham. Oh, they say, yeah, he said this, he said that. He misquoted. How many times have you ever told a story the same, always the first time, the same time? And they go on stories rather than scripture and facts. Let's stay with the word, saints. Let's just stay with the word. And his voice, which came from heaven, we heard. When we were with him in that holy mount. We have also, notice what he says here, a more sure word of prophecy. Now, he's making reference back to Mount Transfiguration. And he's pointing now to his day. I'm not pointing to Mount Transfiguration, and I'm not pointing to Paul's day. I'm pointing to today. We have a more sure word of prophecy. Whereon you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. More sure word of prophecy. Okay, can I just give you a few of these? Malachi 4. Is that a sure word of prophecy? Revelation 10.7. Is that a sure word of prophecy? How about Luke 17.30? Is that a sure word of prophecy? It sure is. Then can I ask you, is Revelation 10.8-11 a sure word of prophecy? And what did I read last week? All prophecies are fulfilled. To me, that is a more sure word. Because now we have a prophet standing there saying, If I've spoken the truth, then let him come and vindicate what was spoken. Did it come? Did it come? Did that once it ever fail? I was going through the message because, of course, I haven't even got to my subject yet. Endure seeing him. You, he endured as seeing him who is, impro, uh, who is invisible. So if you're going to endure, you're going to persevere, Brother Ernie. Right? That's a part of enduring, right? You're going to persevere. So I thought, I, I'm just going to listen to the message, perseverance. How many times did I preach perseverance? Numbers of times. But I'm listening away, and, and Brother Bram now finished preaching. He says, now, he says he's talking about that Mexican lady. He's talking about that baby who's dead, who's dead and dead. And she, and she's waiting now for a prophet. She's waiting for a prophet service to start. (laughs) 
Brother Bram says now her baby had been dead. So she took the opportunity. She's waiting for the opportunity. And she made her way. She knowed if she could just get to me. She just had to get to the man. Now listen to what he says here. She just had to get to the man. I want you to see that she's looking beyond the scene and looking to the unseen. She says, well, you know better than that. It's not the man she was trying to get to. It was Christ in the man she was trying to get to. And that baby rose again. We look past the flesh. We look beyond the flesh and we see Christ. Of course, we're not looking to the man. It's Christ you got to get to. People always look to the man. You're always looking to the man. We're not looking to the man. We're looking to Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. Then he just goes on to say this. And he goes on. He says, now lady, you're a lady. Now this is just a, a service he's preached numbers of times. Numbers of times. And he's preaching perseverance. And he says, is this the lady? How do you do? We're strangers. I see you've been vomiting. You've had vomiting spells. You're worried about your, your overweight. You've got a growth on your body under your rib. That's right. Had quite a time getting up here, didn't you? Why I said getting up here is because you come from the southwest from here. You come from Missouri. Go back. Jesus Christ makes you well. It wasn't William Branham the man. It was the God that was present healing the woman. Brother Bram said, I don't know your name. I'll have to listen to the tape. He said, all I do is give my body and God uses the body. Are you with me? He says, now, he says, you're suffering with a nervous condition. You got hemorrhoids. Now, everybody wants the world to know you got hemorrhoids. You know, we get so crazy sometimes we don't want nobody to know our problems. These are in front of thousands of people. He goes now, he says, you, you're suffering with a nervous condition. You got hemorrhoids that are bothering you. You're trying to see me. You got something special you want to talk about. It's a spiritual condition. You're a minister and it's your church. And I heard that you come from, he said, quit you. And he turns right to the man and says, you quit thinking that. Brother Bram turns around and says, you think I called him a minister because he came from the platform. You don't think God didn't expose men? He exposed them. It wasn't William Branham exposing them. He said, you quit thinking that. How would Brother Branham know what he was thinking? You said, I said minister because he was on the platform. He said, you quit thinking that. You said a minister because he was sitting on the platform. You know, I don't know. He turns back to the patient. Do you believe me to be his prophet? Yeah. And I know what I do when I, whenever I hear that. I say, I do. I do. Then Reverend Donaldson, go back to your home. Believe you'll get well and everything in your church will go just fine. That's the kind of message I want to follow. That's the kind of attribute that was manifested before other attributes. 
Why? Because all believers see God. Yeah, Brother Bram said, don't you see it's him? Don't you see it's him? Don't you know that's him? He wouldn't identify himself with some great theologian. That he wasn't. He wouldn't introduce himself as a church politician. He wasn't. He was made flesh. He's God. He, God is the word. And the words that discern are the thought and intent of the heart. He said, can't you see this him? Can't you see it's him? He said, sister. And she cries out, hallelujah. Brother Bram said, hallelujah. He said, hypocrites can say hallelujah. I said, she's a Christian. You can see he's battling doubt and unbelief. You know, she says, hallelujah. And Brother Bram then says, hallelujah. He said, even, even hypocrites can say hallelujah. So he says, because he's now telling her, well, you're a Christian. He said, she's a believer. If I tell you that by God's grace, I'm feeling those seven locks now. (laughs) I'm feeling those seven locks of Samson. And I wrote in, a greater than Samson is here. Hallelujah. You're suffering with high blood pressure. You've got something wrong. You've got a tumor. And unless God touches you or something, is that right? Then may the God of heaven who's standing present right now, come here. Let me lay my hands on you. In the name of Jesus Christ, you go home healed. Is he the same? Is he the same? You go home healed. Do you believe? I'm looking right in her face. I'm looking right at her. Now looking at this woman in the face. She's heavy. That's right. It's it's thyroid. That's right. Now he says, it's not because she's heavy. She's got a thyroid problem. Look what he's fighting. Can you imagine having a church like this of believers? What could happen? One mind. One accord. No doubt. Believing for the supernatural. Can you believe what God would do amongst us? Amen. But she's got a female problem, a discharge she wants to be prayed for. It's left you now. That's my God. And that's God's attribute speaking his word. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, this is what I do love. He says, you got a spinal trouble. He's saying to a lady, you got spinal trouble. It'd be like me speaking to you, Sister Diane, but you can't understand nothing I say because you are Mexican. You're Spanish. And you can't hear anything I say. But I'm saying, you have spinal trouble. And all you're going, hmm. She doesn't, and Brother Bram says, she, she doesn't, she doesn't. He says, now, you got spinal trouble. It's going to leave you. Listen, by the way, that man got his hand up. It said it also struck you, being that the Holy Spirit struck you. That, when I was talking to your wife, it struck you. You got something wrong on your arm. It's a growth on your arm. Do you believe that? Glory to God. Ask those people if I've ever seen them. I've never seen them. They're strangers. Do you speak Spanish? 
Turn around and tell her. She can't speak English. She's got something wrong in her chest. Turn around and tell her. Tell her. Jesus heals you, sister. Now, she's not even hearing a prophet say it. But now, listen what he says. Listen, she can't even speak English, and I can't speak Spanish. Now, it's got another lady sitting in front of her, real excited. She can't speak English. She speaks Spanish. She's got something wrong with her. It's her stomach sitting in front. You believe with all your your heart, your stomach trouble leaves you. You can go home well. She's not understanding a word. God's the healer. It struck her. They have to tell her now in Spanish what the Lord did. Looky there. People that can't even speak English. Just what they seen, they feel the spirit. And when they can't even hear, he said, shame on you. Glory to God. I've never seen that done yet. Ask them. I can't even speak their language. But God proves his word. Now he's saying shame on the people because a lot of unbelief was in the people. And they could understand. But people that couldn't understand were believing for their healing. Let me say this to you this morning. You might even not want to understand about the attributes of God. But if you can believe. The Holy Spirit is present to heal you. Amen. That's right. People that couldn't even speak English. Why? They're persistent. They believe that God can speak to them. We have a more sure word of prophecy. Can you say amen? Yes, sir. We have a more sure word of prophecy. You can say, there is a man here that can turn on the light. Can you say amen? You can say, a greater than Solomon is here. You can say that. You can say, who is this? You can say, the mighty God. Unveiled before us. Or the unveiling of God. Amen. Why? Because the one he was speaking about was present. And the one we're speaking about this morning is present. Hallelujah. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. I'm talking to you now. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections. Now Laodicea has got a lot of things you can set your affections on. But set your affections on things above. Not on the earth, for you're dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Are you listening now? For when Christ, who is our life, shall, what? Appear. We know what that appear means. Means manifest, fanaru. When Christ then appears, or is made manifest, you shall also be manifest, or appear with him in glory.
Now, a lot of people, Brother John spoke on glory. A lot of people put glory is in, in glory. But that glory there is God's opinion of you. So when Christ, who is our life, shall be made manifest, then his bride shall be made manifest in his opinion. Super church. Super race. Super church. Amen. That's what God thinks of you. Because you are now manifesting the very attribute at the end of the ages. No more whining. No more whimpering. Oh, brother, do you know I got this problem? Grow up. Come on, stay with me. Don't get quiet on me now. Don't be wah, wah, wah. That's baby stuff. We aren't babies. Christ doesn't marry babies. He doesn't marry teenagers either. He marries grown woman, bride, word. So what Brother Bram says here, I believe that where Jesus is today, the resurrected Lord Jesus, is not somewhere out there a million miles away, but he's right here, right now, present with you. Brother Mark, I'm going to see you over there doing cartwheels. I know it. I know it, Brother Mark. Because we're going to, if the Lord would allow us to remember this moment, I'd say, now you can do cartwheels, Mark. <laughs> Sally, wouldn't that be something to see? <laughs> I believe that Jesus is not a million miles away. I believe he's right here now, with us now. Amen. When our bodies become in tune with God, becoming a part of Him, then our soul picks up the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to me? This is not just a quote. You take this for yourself. When our bodies, say when our bodies, when my body, when my body, when my body is in tune with God, when my body's in tune with God, becoming a part of Him, then our soul picks up the power of the Holy Spirit to vindicate the presence of Jesus Christ. To vindicate the Lord Jesus Christ. All his power and all his omnipotence. Oh, if we could just get in tune. If we can just get in tune with God, let omnipotence start flowing in this church. Get away from looking at the veil of flesh and look beyond the veil. Look to Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of your faith. Look beyond me. I'm going to read that again. When our body become in tune with God. Say, I want to be in tune. You drive your car. How many have ever pushed a button on your car? The old cars used to have five buttons on them. And you used to push a button. You used to see that thing slide to, you know, 65, 01 or whatever it is. And if you don't quite get on, they had a tuner there. You tuned it right on there. And then it come in clear. Good morning. This is so-and-so and so-and-so station. That was getting in tune. I have to explain that because some of us old people know what that means. 
I don't know what you just press it now and you're right on the dot, but you have to you used to get in tune. Some actually took some work. It actually takes some work this morning to get in tune with God. Get in tune, Lord. What do you got for me this morning? Let me just get in tune. He says, if you can get your body in tune with God, become a part of Him, then our soul picks up the power of the Holy Spirit to vindicate the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All of His power, all of His omnipotence. My. Then I can say to somebody that's fallen asleep, you've got your radio turned off. You've got no power connection. You got nothing. But when I see somebody struggling to tune in, all of a sudden something hits them. Glory to God. Then you know they're getting in tune with omnipotence. Amen. Hallelujah. It would do you some good to get a little bit tuned in. Some of your children need to see daddy enthused. You know, you get, hey, listen, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I don't sit in your cars, but I remember getting my car, my mom's car, because we had to uh, change it between three, four kids. Tonight's your night, tomorrow's your night, but what, you know, argue. Then when I got on there, man, I could play whatever song I wanted. Huh? When I got tuned in, my head moved. Huh? I got next to a car the other day, I said to Joanne, I said, do we have the radio on? I said, well, we don't have the radio on. No, it's the car next door. <laughs> they were tuned in. And you know when they're tuned in? You know, even somebody likes country western. They got moves. You got the grease balls. You got the, you know, the hardcore. Everybody's got their particular move. I, I, drove, up, I drove up to a car yesterday, or day before yesterday. Four kids in the car. One kid had his foot on the ceiling, waving his arms out the window. The other kid was in the back. What on earth are you doing? But they were in tune. If they couldn't get in that kind of tune, under that kind of inspiration, if we could just send the tower of our soul up and get omnipotence hitting this power, nothing can stand in the midst of your prayer. But when you're desperate, boy, you're seeking God. You got children need saved, you're seeking God. Every opportunity you're seeking. When everything goes well, just take church cool. Saints of God, it's at the time of peace, prepare for war. Put everything you've got into it, even at the times you're not having any trouble. And let the Holy Spirit inspire you. So that you can endure every temptation that comes now. For when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, your shall manifest, appear with him. Second Corinthians 3 and 2. You don't need to read. I'll read it to you. Second Corinthians 3 verse 2. You are epistles written in your hearts, read of all men. For as much as you are now here Paul is using the same word here. Fanaru. Manifest. Manifestly declared to be the epistles of Christ. So that's what Paul's writing now. For as much now as you are manifestly declared to be the apostles of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, 
but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in the fleshly tables of your heart. And such trust as we, and such trust have we through Christ to God word. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Can you say amen? Amen. It's not us. It's all God. Amen. Amen. Just one hour. Give me a few more minutes. So no matter, now listen now, so no matter where you are, if you're in the pool room, if you're in the gambling hall, there is somebody invisible watching you. When you take that nasty picture, there's somebody watching you. When you're doing that unkind thing to one of your other associates, there's somebody watching you. If you're in a pool room, he's watching you. If you're in a gambling hall, he's watching you. There is somebody invisible watching you. Now listen, now it goes to the positive. If you're standing persecution for the name of the Lord Jesus' sake, No matter what it is, mark anyone you wish to watch. That man is going to reap what he sows. Bull hall, gambling hall, or those that do good for God. There's somebody invisible watching you. He's omnipotent. Right? But now he's saying, he's, now he says, he's somebody's watching you. No matter what it is, Whatever it is, that man's going to reap what he sows every time. People go on in sin. Now you're listening to me. Listening to me. If you're a son and daughter of God, and you can say at the beginning and rejoice, yes, I am an attribute of God. If you are a son and daughter of God, and doing things you shouldn't do, it's not me the church, or anybody else you have to worry about. You will reap what you sow. And it just isn't over in a day. There are some people that are reaping what they sowed for years. Is everybody listening? Now we're getting down to a local church situation. If you do something unclean, and do it, Willingly. Because I believe the Holy Spirit actually put walls up. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But you jump over that wall and do it. And continue to do it. There is a reaping. And it doesn't just reap for a day, a week. I have situations I've dealt with that have been for 40 years. It's serious. And don't hand it down to your children. 
You better watch what you're doing in secret. Brother Bram said, if you were more conscious of that unseen realm and that the angels were around you, you wouldn't do what you were doing. They see it. Now, Brother Bram said, there's an invisible one seeing it. If you're doing wrong, are you listening? He'll never get by with it. This is a prophet now speaking God's word. I know you got real quiet because it's to be quiet. It's to drink that in. Because there's going to be a lot that gets presented as time goes on in Laodicea. But just remember one thing. When Moses met that burning bush, he endured as seeing him who was invisible. It didn't matter what was thrown at him. He was always looking to the unseen. That's what we need to start looking at. The unseen. If he's doing wrong, he will never get by with it. Never. If he's doing right, he's going to receive it in glory. (laughs) So there's the other part. So let's major on that. You sow right, you're going to receive something in glory. And Brother Bram says, you don't receive, you don't preach on rewards enough. You do a kind deed. People say, well, I've got no time to do something. And you're doing nothing, really. You're absolutely doing nothing. You're moping around, doing nothing. But if you actually saw a need within the church and a brother that needed help or a sister that needed help, who cares about your needs? Let's move it to their needs. Living for others. True Christianity is what? Living for others. Yes, sir, because if you do good, it will meet you in glory. I would rather major on that than the minor. If you do good, you'll meet it in glory. Amen. You'll meet it. You just can't beat it. Why? Because God's here. God's watching. He's here. He's present. I know there is a land beyond the river. He says, I know there is a land beyond the river. There's a region out yonder somewhere. He says, I know that. And now he's given an explanation of that. He says, I just know that. Because there's one moment, a glorious person of great angels of God all around fellowshipping around again. He said, they're fellowshipping. God is back down, moving. Just like it was in the days of Adam and Eve. Oh my. He says, all of a sudden he turns around and says, he said, there's a great roar. He said, did you hear that roar? Did you hear it? Wasn't that beautiful? Isn't that something? He said, that was God being pleased of what was being said. God wanting to fellowship again with his children. Fellowship. Fellowshipping with his thoughts. Can I end up with this scripture and we'll continue later? By faith, by faith, he forsook Egypt by faith. 
Not fearing the wrath of the king, most superpower on earth. For he endured as seeing him who was invisible. Can you imagine an 80-year-old gentleman walking with a stick in his hand with an older brother? We don't talk about Aaron, but Aaron wasn't younger than Moses. He was older than Moses. I don't care what Hollywood tells you in the Ten Commandments. Let's just stick with the Bible. Aaron was older and Miriam was much more older. So when you see Miriam dancing with the tambourine on the riverbanks, she was about 90 years old. She wasn't some Hollywood made-up woman. He endured, saints. Endure. You're going to endure because you've looked past the visible and you've seen the invisible. They asked John Knox one time, don't you fear that wicked queen, that bloody queen, that Roman Catholic queen? John Knox says, why would I fear the queen of Scotland when I'm constantly in the presence of the king of kings? I want you to say this morning, why would I fear Laodicea? Why would I fear the king of Laodicea when we've seen the glory of the coming of the Lord? Mine eyes have seen that, Mary. And this is not just a fairy tale. This is reality. Brother Bram says, I know there is a land beyond the river. Why? Because a being and its angels are coming in this dimension, fellowshipping with us. Can you remain? Can you endure? I want you to say yes. Can you, I'm going to hear a little louder. Yes. yes. Can I ask you a question? Jesus asked the question. Will I find faith when I return? Yes. What did I, what did you say? Yes. What did you say? Yes. Will he find faith? I want faith. Yes, yes he will. Yes. Why will he? Because he sent Malachi 4. Yes. I'll turn the hearts of the children back to the face of the fathers. The question isn't negative, it's positive. Will I find faith when I return? Yes, you will, Lord. We will endure. We will remain. Are you sure? Because you are a prophecy. And God interprets and fulfills all prophecy. Do you want to know what it is? Why don't we stand to our feet as I read it? Musicians, come. If you want to read along with me, you can turn to 1 Thessalonians 4 and 15. Moses endured as seeing him who was invisible. That endure means he was strong, means he was steadfast, means he continued in the state unwavered. He endured because he saw a living God. The invisible becoming visible because every believer sees God. 
Are you listening now? Are you reading with me? First Thessalonians chapter four, verse 15. Let's read it together. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive, just stop. Let's just stop there for a minute. I want you to read that we which are alive and remain again. That we unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them that are asleep. Okay, you read that, right? So when when it's written once, it's important. When it's written twice within a few verses, I think it's very important. So then it goes on to say, For the Lord himself shall descend with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise. Let's read verse 17. Then... Amen. Amen. Now notice what it says there. And we, we being present, we, which are alive, and what? Do you see the two words remain? You see the two words remain? You know what that remain means? Endure. Moses endured. There's going to be a people in the last day that's going to what? You're going to endure. To remain means you are enduring. You're persistent and you will continue. There's nothing that's going to stop us. Because Moses endured as seeing him who was invisible. There's a people that are alive and remain. And will indeed endure as seeing him who is invisible. Blessed be the name of my rock. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Brother Branham said there will be a rapture. Again, he goes on to say it's drawing near. There will be a rapture. And the church will be taken up. If you believe that you are one of them, as we sang the other night, one of them. And you believe that you are going to remain and be alive. Lift up your hand to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. And so, Father, with our hands lifted up, our hearts filled with joy. To know, Lord, that we've come from the very thought of Almighty God. Before there was light, before there was atoms, before there was molecules. Before there was anything, Lord, we were in the thought of God. And Father, that we are now living attributes being manifested in this last hour. And so, Lord, we might not understand a lot of things, but I know one thing for sure. We believe. I believe, Lord, that I will endure to the end. And they that endure to the end shall be saved. And Lord, I'm looking at a group of people this morning that indeed will endure right to the very end. Right to the change of the atoms. Right when they put that change in the body on, they're going to shout glory. Lord, let your word become alive within the hearts of your children. Father, if there be any this morning that do not have that hope laying deep within their heart. And they desire it, yet long for it, and don't know how to receive it. Lord, let them just 
be able to ask Christ within their hearts and lives. Call on the name of the Lord, the scripture says, and ye shall be saved. A lot of people wonder, what do I have to do? Just call on the name of the Lord. Jesus, save me. Jesus, deliver me. Jesus, take this great burden off of me, Lord. Prepare me for this great catching away. Lord, deal with us, Lord, in a greater way. Make your word alive, we pray, and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We are the word made flesh today. This is what the scripture says. God's attribute.
That's real. Just one last quote. That's just to help you along. He said, now the word was invisible. The word was invisible. But now listen close. The word was invisible until it was made flesh. And then the word becomes visible. And where is that word? Look around the room. That word has now become visible in you. God bless you. May the attributes of God, which I will speak on maybe a little couple services down the road. I just uh, let you know I've got only 14 of them written down. And 14 of them of the attributes of God, which never change, never change. You say, well, I'm an attribute. They never change. They never change. You always were. So then if you've come from the great fountain of God, remember Brother Bram talked about that ocean and that teaspoon or that cup? And he took a little bit of that ocean and put it in the cup. It's got the same minerals. It just doesn't have the same amount. Just the same minerals. So now you've come out of the fountain, out of the fountain of self-sufficient, omnipotence, wise and faithful, good and just and merciful and gracious, loving and holy. I don't want to get down to that right now because if that's what that attribute is, that's what you are. Be kind to one another. Love one another. Be gracious to one another. Shake hands with one another. And say, God bless you, my precious, dear, fellow attribute of God. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.